Manya Nation, let's ride. But Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. Harris in trouble, stiff arms, the would-be tackler comes out of the 25 to 20, goes around about it to 15 to 10 to 5, a touchdown with Virginia, he did it! to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the start of Season 6 of the CRW Podcast. Hard to believe it. Five years doing this show already in the books, but we're super excited to kick off Season 6, and we're doing it in one of our favorite ways with one of our favorite episodes of every season, or at least mine personally, and that's the Season Prediction Roundtable. And we've got a couple special guests on with us that you're really going to enjoy, I think, this year's incarnation of the Season Prediction Roundtable show. We go through the schedule game by game end up with our season record predictions for the upcoming Mountaineer football season and the one thing I love about it not only is it just a lot of fun to do but it also shows that we're that much closer to West Virginia football season starting every year and it's about that time so we're kicking off season six of the podcast with our season prediction roundtable episode and I won't make you wait too long to get there just before we do got a brief little Mountaineer news segment I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible but there's been Quite a few things that have happened, both across the Big 12 Conference, within WVU basketball, and of course within West Virginia football as well. We've got to provide a quick little update on those here in our Mountaineer News segment, and then we'll get into the good stuff in our main segment there, our season prediction roundtable for the 2023 season. But before we do, let's kick it off the way we always like to here on the podcast with a little bit of Mountaineer News. All right, here in Mountaineer News, I won't keep you guys too long. I know you want to get to the fun stuff. There are predictions for the upcoming West Virginia football season. But conference-wise, we've had some big news since our last episode. I know on 159 there, our final episode of Season 5, we talked about Colorado joining the Big 12. Since then, not only has that been confirmed, but Three other schools have been confirmed as well. In 2024, we will now have a 16-team Big 12 conference with Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah joining the conference next season. So the West Virginia Mountaineers play the four what were new teams this upcoming season in UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. But then next year we'll see four more added, and West Virginia will go from playing in a 10-team Big 12 initially 
to a 14 Big 12 here in 2023 and then up in it by two more teams again for a 16-team Big 12 conference we'll see coming starting in 2024. And then moving on to some West Virginia basketball news, James Dickey was hired to be a senior advisor coach for the men's basketball program. He's a guy that has head coaching experience at the NCAA level at programs like Oklahoma State and others. So they said they wanted to get a guy that has been around the game for a long time just to kind of serve in a senior advisor role for Josh Eilert. They find it in James Dickey. Since then, they've also lost a player and added a player to the roster as well as, unfortunately, another transfer from Manhattan that we knew was coming over was Omar Silverio. He was believed to be the best shooter on this team probably, but unfortunately, the NCAA denied his waiver that he would have needed to have another year of eligibility in college basketball. Unfortunately, the NCAA says no, so his college basketball career at this point is over. That freed up a roster spot for the Mountaineers, who then had two roster spots left available. They filled one of those in quick order with a player that they've long been rumored connected to. And a couple of days after he entered the portal, he announced he would be attending West Virginia. And guys, this is a big get. We've talked about West Virginia having one of the top transfer portal classes in college basketball. This certainly only adds to this. A former five-star big man, a cook, a cook played for Connecticut and Georgetown. He's great on the defensive end, and having him and Jesse Edwards together is going to be a nightmare for opposing offenses. West Virginia is going to be really good at protecting the rim, really good at cleaning the glass. And not only, I think, does it help your starting lineup, but it also gives you someone who could potentially spell Jesse Edwards. So I'm super excited about the addition of a cook a cook to the West Virginia basketball program, as you all should be throughout Mountaineer Nation as well. And we'll see where West Virginia goes with their final additions to that roster they're going to be making here in the near future as that season's rapidly approaching as well but we're getting really really close to the start of football season of course as evidenced by the start of a new season here on the podcast and the season prediction roundtable episode here but before we get there one more piece of Mountaineer news is on the football side and that is defensive lineman Nate Gabriel becoming the 20th commitment of the 2024 WVU football recruiting class which is really just shaping up to be a phenomenal class it appears for Neil Brown and this staff already at 20 commitments at this point they're doing a great job so glad to see defensive lineman Nate Gabriel six foot four 285 pound prospect out of the state of Florida potentially joining the Mountaineers in the future and last but certainly not least here on Mountaineer News you're going to get our predictions here coming up in just a couple of minutes but before we get there I put out a call on our social media for uh, you guys throughout Mountaineer Nation to share some of your predictions and I wanted to share those here on the episode before we get into our predictions appreciate you guys that uh, responded here and if you didn't get a chance to chime in this time but would like to chime in in the future we'll certainly be featuring some more responses from you guys throughout Mountaineer Nation on future episodes of the CRW podcast here throughout the seasons so if you'd like a chance to be featured here be sure you're following us on social media Country Roads webcast on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter slash X it's at WVU Country Roads and you can always send in your questions to Country Roads webcast at gmail.com but some of your all's predictions here, let's start it off. Silas here, our friend of the show, says he's going to wait and see how game one in Happy Valley goes, but he's cautiously optimistic. And then G Smyrna says, I think it depends on how healthy we are after the Penn State game. If we play well and stay healthy and we beat Pitt, which he thinks is a pivotal game, could be 7-5 and five or 6-6. Six and six. 
David Friedline says, I love the Mountaineers. I don't see us winning many games. I hope I am wrong, though. With the same cast of characters, six and six is where I see us. That's after not too good of a start. And then the great Joey Foster says his season prediction is the ceiling of eight and four with a floor of five and seven, but he's going with seven and five. He's cautiously optimistic. Charles Peterson says six and six. Uh, so mid until vast improvement on pre-snap penalties and more defensive takeaways. One was greater than the other, not in a good way. And then lastly, the Yates 27 says seven and five. So appreciate you guys that chimed in with some of your record predictions there and wanted to share those there on the screen. If you're watching the video side, you probably saw those, but read them out for you guys on the audio side. But we appreciate you tuning into this episode, whether you're viewing it on our YouTube channel or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel. You can find our show on the web there at wvsportsnow.com. And you can also find great Mountaineer content there on the web that we're super appreciative to be a part of the Sports Now family of networks. But we appreciate you, whether you are a listener or a viewer of this season prediction roundtable episode. This is a really fun one. So I'm going to stop babbling and let you guys enjoy it. Let's get into our main segment here featuring a couple of special guests here for our 2023 edition of the Season Prediction Roundtable. All right, Mountaineer Nation, the segment you've all been waiting for here on Season 6, Episode 160 of the CRW Podcast, the 2023 Season Prediction Roundtable. And not only am I joined by my regular co-host here, Big Bubba Brad, but we are happy to be joined by a couple special guests here. You know them throughout Mountaineer Nation. We've got Mountaineer Paul on here from Mountaineer Paul Talks Football. What's going on, Paul? Hey, how we doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to have you. And of course, making his uh, second appearance on a season prediction roundtable. So great last year. Had to have him back again. We got Coos from Coos's Corner on as well. How's it going, Coos? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Always. I really enjoyed this last year, so I appreciate you having me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excited to get into it. But what we're going to do, everyone, as you all well know, who've probably uh, listened to the season prediction roundtable show before, uh, just going to break down the schedule game by game, whether we think it's going to be a win or a loss, come up with our uh, season prediction record for West Virginia at the end of the uh, episode here. But uh, before we do, just want to give you guys a second to uh, promote your channels here respectively and where uh, Mountaineer Nation can follow you guys on social media if they don't already. So, uh, Paul, go ahead, uh, take the floor, let them know where your, your channel is, where they can find you on social media. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that. So, Two channels, Mountaineer Paul Talks Football is my football channel. Uh, and then the man beside me here on the bottom, Coos, and I have a basketball channel together called Hoops from the Hills that we do together. Um, and it has really taken off. We're really proud of that show. We would really love to have you uh, along for the basketball season as well as the football season. Uh, I think it's unique in that it's the only that I know of, basketball-only Mountaineer led uh basketball channels so i think it's kind of unique in that on youtube so we're we're proud of it absolutely absolutely amazing content over there my favorite uh west virginia basketball content over there at hoops from the hills great stuff there and of course you all know mountaineer paul talks football awesome channel for west virginia football content as well as is Coos's corner great for not only west virginia content big 12 content college football content all around but Coos, let them, let them know where they can find you on social media as well and anything else you want to plug there, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter or X, I guess it's called now, uh, at Coos206. 
You can find me on there if you want to interact. That's usually where you'll find me. Um, I am on Facebook at Coos's Corner, but Twitter is probably the easiest easiest place to find me. And, uh, and yeah, Coos's Corner is my football channel. If you like conference alignment, I talk about it a lot over there, uh, as well as West Virginia football and a little Big 12 football too. So come check me out. Absolutely, absolutely. Great stuff from both of these gentlemen here on YouTube. Some of the best West Virginia content you can find. And speaking of West Virginia content, we won't keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's dive in here on the West Virginia football schedule. Starting with the season opener, the return of a rivalry game, September 2nd at Penn State, 7.30 p.m. kick on NBC. Going to be a tough game for the Mountaineers, looking at a top 10 probably Penn State team. We'll just go through this. We'll go in the order of the screen just to keep it easy for people that are watching on uh, YouTube. And those of you guys that are listening on the audio side will know uh, who's coming in what order. But So Bradley, we'll let you go first. I'll follow you up. And then Coos and Paul, that'll kind of be the order we'll go through here um, for each game. So starting it off against Penn State, Bradley, what do you think in the Mountaineers coming up with a win or a loss here to start off the season? Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys have watched this show for any period of time, you know that I, I kind of just like build a story in my head of how the year's going to go. So going into this, like I'm assuming, and I feel like we're going to give Penn State a run. Kind of, you know, just a little scary. We've got a bunch of unknowns that they're not going to be able to prepare for ahead of time. I think it's going to be a close game, but I definitely think we're going to lose in Penn State. I just don't think that we're that brand of football just yet. It's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm right there with you, but one of the things that I'm looking at is that Neil Brown has pulled off some big upsets on the road against, you know, teams that, no one gave him a chance to beat when he was at Troy. So that's the one thing that gives me hope. And I think that this West Virginia team, I've talked about it throughout the offseason, seems like a team that's going to be highly motivated. And they certainly have a lot of factors available to motivate them. Plenty of bulletin board material throughout this offseason. So what I will say is I think this game is certainly going to be closer than the experts expect experts predict. Um, I think right now it's a 20-and-a-half point spread or something like that. I think West Virginia is going to keep it close against Penn State, but unfortunately i got to agree with you, Brad. I think West Virginia is not going to be able to come away with the win, but they're going to give it a hell of a fight, I believe. Um, Coos, what are you thinking here for the first game? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be kind of repetitive a little bit here. I think it's going to be close early uh, because of the emotion, the 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 buildup. You know, West Virginia is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, so they're going to be they're going to be playing balls out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just don't think we're going to have enough manpower. I think we're out going to be outmanned at almost every position in this game, to be honest. And uh, I think they're just going to be bigger, faster. I mean, you've got they they finished the season number seven last year, and they've got sixteen starters back, uh, and they've got a superstar quarterback. So it's just going to be too much for us, I believe. So I'm I think West Virginia, unfortunately. Uh, loses this game. Paul, are you going to be the uh, only optimistic one here for us out of the group, or was it going to be a clean sweep well, here? what I'm going to do is highlight why I think this could be an upset. Then I'll say how I feel the game is going to go, if you don't mind. Go ahead. So all the elements are there. If you look at football history, upsets happen in what week more than any other week? In week one. Why is that? It's because a lot of times you're trying to, whether it be coaching changes, even if you have continuity back, it still takes some time to get the wheels turning. And a lot of times a team that maybe doesn't have as much talent as you do hangs around for a half. And then you never know. Turnovers happen. Crazy things happen in games. And, you know, it's like TCU beat Michigan, even though Michigan outgained them in every single category. They won that game by six. 
it was because of turnovers. Michigan probably the better team nine, nine out of ten times, right, or seven out of ten times. So similarly, I think West Virginia can hang around in this game. You've got so many elements that lead to this being a potential upset, a quarterback that's never made a start. It's, it's a night game, the first game of the season, and there's a lot of unknowns with West Virginia and what they're going to run and do. And so things could happen that could be a potential upset here, uh, especially if West Virginia leans on what they have and do West. Obviously, the offensive line and running backs, and they hold the ball, control the clock, limit turnovers, get turnovers, the classic thing. I think there is a playbook out there for it. 20 and a half is probably about right. I do think Penn State wins this game, if I'm being logical. But I think it's only by 12 points, not 20. I like it. I like it. I'm kind of right there in that same boat with you, Paul, you know, but um, I guess my golden blue glasses almost – uh, pulled the trigger and picked us to win this one. And I kind of wish I did now just so at least one of us would have. But, you know, I think we're being uh, realistic here with this one. Penn State's got a great chance to win the Big Ten this year. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm all on board on what Paul's saying, like, that we've got to get turnovers. We've got to be, like, that better team for once. I would just say that those it's one of those things that Neil Brown hasn't shown us yet. You know what I mean? So it's, like, no time like the present, you know. But I think that's why we all kind of chose not. Yeah. Well, you know, the way I looked at it in the end is as much as I think this team is out to prove people wrong and they're going to, you know, like I said, be closer than the experts predict. The one thing is back-to-back years we've started, you know, early in the season road games, Maryland and Pittsburgh, and haven't been able to beat either one of those. And Penn State's going to be better than both those teams. So it's like until you've shown me you can do it, I certainly can't uh, predict you to do it against an even better team. Right. That's it in a nutshell. Yep. But having said that, um, hopefully then West Virginia comes back home to a game that I would assume we're all going to uh, pick a win here. We don't have to spend uh, too much time talking about this game against Duquesne. Any Anyone think any uh, surprise come here for the Mountaineers? Anybody got anything but a win? We better. <laughs> so all picking for a win against uh, Duquesne for the Mountaineers in the second game of the season there, which will be a family day on September 9th as West Virginia begins a three-game homestand there with that one. And then the next one is the one we've all been waiting for, ready to get our revenge, hopefully, in this backyard brawl game against Spit in the uh, Stripe the Stadium game there in Morgantown. So um, – Bradley, I'll let you kick it off here. Uh, does West Virginia get the revenge against Pitt in your mind? So I just got my tickets officially to this game. I am so ready <clears throat> after going into Pittsburgh last year and losing to walk into Morgantown this year and walk out with a win. You know what I mean? It's just like that year where it's got to happen, uh, even though with all my displeasures and Neil Brown, I still have a lot of faith in the man, you know, that's probably unwarranted. So I, I just don't think him, even if he doesn't end the season as our head coach, I think that he's going to go out there and at least do it and make sure that we don't lose against Pitt at home. Yeah. I'm uh, right there with you. I, I can't pick us to lose this game. You know, I just I just can't bring myself to do it. I think that West Virginia is hungry for this win. I think last year, you know, 
coulda, woulda, shoulda uh, won that game, whatever. But uh, this year's a different story, and night games in Morgantown are always special, and it's going to be a night game backyard brawl. So I haven't got my tickets yet, Brad, but I'm hoping to get them. Um, last year uh, left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. I really enjoyed being at the game, but uh, walking out of there, hanging my head after a loss sucked. So I really would love to uh, be in Morgantown to uh, see us redeem that and get a win, which I, I think we'll do as well. I got us uh, getting a win here. Uh, Coos, what do you got, man? Yeah, I can't pick us to lose either. Uh, I think we West Virginia's going to have something to prove. They're going to have the bad taste in their mouth. You know, like, like one of you said earlier, they're going to go into this season with a chip on their shoulder, and I think that chip carries into this game from because of last year, number one, uh, and of and of all the preseason, you know, dumping that people have done on this team. And uh, so I think they come out with a win, man. I think it'll be a tight game because I think Pitt's still going to be a pretty good team. Uh, but I do think this team will be ready to go. And, and because it's at home, because it's in Milan Pushkar Stadium, I think they pull off a win. I love it. I love it. Love the optimism so far. Uh, Paul, what about you? You thinking the Mountaineers can uh, get the win against uh, the Panthers in Morgantown? Man, this is a tough game for me here to pick because I, I you look at it, Pitt has the better quarterback at least preseason. They've got the better defense preseason. And those are usually elements that don't equal success. Um, it's really going to – I wish I could watch the Penn State game first, you know, but this is a preseason pick em show. Um, I, I'm going to pick West Virginia to win here. I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to lie. I think Phil Jerkovich uh, – Phil – Jerkovich is a really good quarterback. He had a step back a bad year at Boston College last year. A lot of that had to do with them and not him. The year before, he was he was in the running for a player of the year in the ACC, and I think he's going to turn back into that. And honestly, at Pitt, I think he's going to be a lot better than people remember from last year, and he worries me quite a bit, especially with the skill talent they have assembled there. So I, I do worry about this game a lot. I am not going to pick against the Mountaineers against Pitt. I love it. Clean sweep. All of us expecting the Mountaineers to uh, beat Spit as we should. Um, so all predicting a win there against the Panthers, and hopefully West Virginia does get the revenge in Morgantown. But um, as Paul stated there, you know, I'm fully expecting it to be a battle. And speaking of battles, West Virginia needs to win a battle against the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the Neil Brown era, and that's something they've been unable to do up to this point. And they'll get another shot in on September 23rd in Morgantown, closing out that three-game homestand there with a gold rush game against what's believed to be a very strong Texas Tech team. Uh, Bradley, do you think Neil Brown finally gets you know over the hump against Texas Tech and gets that win that he desperately needs over the Red Raiders? Yeah, what I think is that Texas Tech's going to be one of the better teams in the Big 12 this year. I think they're going to be somebody that's really scary. I think it's going to be a hell of a football team. And Neil Brown is not showing that he can beat them yet. So, you know, that's that's not very uh, inspiring going into it. But what I do believe is that after beating Pitt at home, the Mountaineers are going to have a little bit of mojo going. And I think that Neil Brown's actually going to get it done, get his first win against Texas Tech, because like I said, in the story building in my head, I think that Neil Brown definitely um, writes that wrong this year too. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. And um, I wanted to go there, you know, I want to go up there onto that mountain with you, but I just, I just can't do it. I just, uh, you know, similar to what you said there at the beginning, it's like he hasn't been able to beat Texas Tech to this point with 
you know, some teams that he maybe should have. And like you said, I think this is going to be a very strong Texas Tech team. Um, I like what they've got coming back. And I think, to me, if he hasn't been able to beat the ones that he's faced yet, this is going to be the best version of Texas Tech that he's seen. So it's kind of the same strategy I had with picking the Penn State game earlier until he shows me that he can. I just can't uh, make the pick there. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to give West Virginia a loss in this one. Uh, Coos, what about you? Yeah, I, unfortunately, um, I'm just I'm in that mindset. Until Neil Brown proves he can beat Texas Tech, I, I, I'm just not going to pick him to beat him. Um, and I do think Texas Tech, you know, they've got a lot of guys returning from last season's team, which was an eight and five team. Joey McGuire seems to be a coach that's absolutely on the rise right now. A lot of hype around this team, a lot of excitement, a lot of mojo. And uh, I just think it'll be too much mojo for the Mountaineers to, to overcome, unfortunately. And I think, unfortunately, this is going to be on my birthday. And I'm probably going to be at the game, but uh, I got a feeling I'm going to have a bad birthday present this year because I think the Mountaineers walk away with a loss. Oh, man, I feel bad I picked us to lose now. If I'd known it was your birthday, I might have <laughs> picked us to win, Coos. <laughs> but, Paul, what about you, brother? What are you thinking on this one against a pretty strong Texas Tech team? Yeah, really strong. And and they go too deep at quarterback. I, I really do believe that Barron Morton is a starter in this league. I, I know Tyler Shuck has the inside track for that job. But I'm a big Baron Morton fan. He's a four-star guy. They landed uh, one of the better quarterbacks in Texas. They signed. And no matter which quarterback we see, they can spin it in that game. Tosh Brooks, obviously one of the best running backs in the Big 12, one of the more underrated players in the Big 12. And, and I think one of the bigger th things with Texas Tech is that secondary. Brown, Price, McNamara, all those guys in the secondary are really good players. I I'm just not sure how our receivers match up against their back end because their back end has really improved this year. It really has. And so I, I'll be interested to see how newer pieces, hopefully by then, have, have really developed for our team. Uh, with that said, I, I do think that Texas Tech is just a bit better at this point in time. And I don't think the Mountaineers are going to start really winning until we start facing those newer Big 12 teams. So – better things to come but we don't beat texas tech yeah unfortunately uh, it looks like uh three out of four of us are right there in that boat thinking that texas tech's just going to be too much for west virginia in this one but we'll see what happens on that gold rush saturday in morgantown there on coos's birthday there september 23rd hopefully it comes out on the winning side for you there coos but the next week september 30th west virginia hits the road again to take on team that played for the national championship last year runner-up in the big 12 conference the tcu horned frogs there on september 30th bradley uh what do you think how do you think the mountaineers will fare rather against uh the national runner-ups uh from last season yeah i definitely think tcu is going to take a little bit of a step back this year but i i think that this is when the neil brown team comes crashing back down to earth a little bit with their second loss of the season going on the road after being home for two weeks in a row um, I, I just see this as a game traveling with still just like a young, younger, more inexperienced team. I, I just don't see us getting it done at TCU this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to disagree with you again, Bradley, because <laughs> uh, I actually got us winning this game. You know, uh, strictly on a gut feeling, that's the only thing about these prediction shows preseason for me is that's really a crapshoot. I feel like I do a lot better 
game to game when we do our, you know, preview shows. Once I can, you know, analyze things a little bit more just from the outside looking in, I just kind of do this basically based on, you know, gut feeling on each game. And I think West Virginia was close against TCU last season. And I think West Virginia is going to have a better team this year. And I think, you know, for the sake of their season overall, they're going to need to get this win with the way I have things going here in a very tough month of September for West Virginia. But I've got them getting this win so that they can come out on the winning side in September at a three and two there, you know, throwing the golden blue glasses on a little bit of optimism there. But Coos, what are you thinking here as West Virginia hits the road to take on the Horn Frogs in the month of September? Yeah, I actually like West Virginia in this one. Um, I think TCU – like Bradley said, I think they take a step back this year. They're losing a lot of pieces on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, I just, I, I just got a good feeling about this game. I'm like you, uh, Jordan. I, for whatever reason, my gut tells me West Virginia is going to pull this one out. You know, T, TCU. I think I'm not going to say they caught lightning in a bottle last year, but I think you, I mean, look at all the close games they won last year. Um, so I think they had a little bit of you know the ball bounced their way a lot last year, and I just. For that to happen two years in a row, which is unlikely. So I think I think West Virginia pulls this one out. Exactly. And that's a great point because, you know, when you have a lot of lucky wins in one season, it's kind of going to go back, you know, the other way the next season. It always seems to anyway uh, from the outside looking in. But, Paul, what are you thinking here? Are you agreeing with uh, Bradley or are you agreeing with uh, me and Coos here as West Virginia hits the road to take on TCU? Savion Williams, J.P. Richardson, Jojo Earl are still really good receivers. Yeah. I, I just like their skill group a lot. And and please don't get me started on Josh Newton. <laughs> He's really, really good at the right cornerback spot. Maybe the West best Virginia could have got him. I know. And and he's such a good player. Um, But I, I'm just not a Chandler Morris guy. I'm not. I'm not a believer in him. I mean, he, he put up some numbers with Sonny Dykes in the past. He knows the system. He looked really bad against Colorado in the opening game and really gave way to Max Duggan and the miracle that, I mean, just one of the most spectacular seasons for a player in college football history up there with Joe Burrow as far as just the magical feeling he had going. Um, and, and and had he played for just a little bit more talented team, he, he had so much, so much guts. You just don't get a Max Duggan every year. Uh, so I think West Virginia is going to win this game. I, I just have a feeling, you know, and, and we'll know more about our team by then and maybe have some more team players I can name that will be impact players for us because we have so many unknowns. Will a day-day Hawkins have come through and proved to be what I think and be a, a really good disruptive defensive tackle in the league by that point in time? I think so, but let's, let's hope and see. Will James Hurd Jr., be a freshman All-American like I think he can be. We'll see. Uh, I like the Mountaineers in this, though. I love it. I love it. And I hope West Virginia is able to do it, get a big road win there to close out September because the Mountaineers have a bye week following that. And then we've got a spicy one here, gentlemen. West Virginia on a Thursday night hits the road to take <laughs> on the uh, fighting Dana Holgerson's there in uh, the lone Thursday night game of the 2023 season. And uh, this one will be fun. It'll be fun. I wish it was in Morgantown. Wish we'd have got the, this game in Morgantown to start things off. But uh, the first they missed the, on that one. They did. They did. I, I, you know, that was a miss on their part. It would have brought in a lot more money for them. But um, I digress on that. I think it's going to be a fun one nonetheless. West Virginia's first of the 
new Big 12 opponents they'll face for the upcoming season. I know it kind of seems like old news now when we have uh, the new teams now coming in, but these, of course, are still the new teams, even though they're not the new, new teams. But West Virginia taking on Houston Bradley. I know you're probably excited to talk about this one as much as me and you've discussed Dana on the pod over the past uh, couple years or so. But we talked about Dana before. What are your thoughts? <laughs> you and I have talked about Dana Holgerson before. Okay. Um, yeah, once or twice. Um, real quick, I, I actually want to do a pulse check. Do you guys, everybody at three and two, is Neil Brown keeping his job after the bye week? Yes. At three and two, yes. Absolutely. If it, yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. So I felt that way too. I thought, it, you know, maybe if somebody was lagging behind, they might be able to just something I want to think about as we go forward. Um, I think that walking into Houston, I think that after that stinging loss to TCU, getting a bye week off, I think Neil Brown's going to have a chance to get his guys right. I think he's going to know how important it is that, you know, we go in there and win this game. Uh, you know, Mountaineer fans are going to want to see a W over Dana Holgerson for sure. I know I do specifically. Um, and I think Houston's a hell of a team, but I also think that the Mountaineers are going to have quite an exceptional team this year too, or way above what people are expecting. And I think that the w, uh, WVU walks in there and can get a win in Houston. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm definitely not picking us to lose this game either. Um, but I think, you know, Houston – it's a little bit of um, a question mark, I guess you could say. They lost a lot. Um, they brought in some pretty good pieces. We know, you know, a few from West Virginia, obviously. You know, they've got Tony Mathis over there, Mike O, among others. Uh, but, you know, they lost their, you know, running back that was going to be a big piece for them this season, uh, breaking in a new quarterback as well. Um, we'll see what they can do. Like I said, we'll know more once we get to this point in the season. But I'm definitely picking the Mountaineers right now uh, to beat Dana Holgerson. Uh, and one of the main reasons, you know, I went to when I was kind of trying to think of reasons in my head was that uh, 2012 Texas Tech game, West Virginia faced uh, Neil Brown-led Texas Tech team uh, when Dana was the coach and uh, Neil Brown tore Dana apart in that game. So I'm hoping to kind of see a repeat of that. But that's my main reason. Coos, what do you got? That's that's a guy. I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, he, he was the OC at Texas Tech at that OC time, was he not? Game, yep. Um, and they ripped us a new one. I think Jason Morrow's still scoring touchdowns. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, proves that Neil Brown can use a tight end. By the way, yeah. Hopefully, Cole Taylor does it again. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get back to the subject at hand. I, I I like the Mountaineers in this one. I I just I don't think Houston's going to be very good transitioning into the Big Twelve. I don't know that they're ready for the Big Twelve right now. Um, I don't think they'll be terrible necessarily, but I, I don't see them being a very good team year one. Um, I just don't know that don't know that they have the depth to compete in the Big Twelve right now. So I think West Virginia goes into Houston. I think it'll be close because of the home field advantage at Houston, yeah. uh, but I think West Virginia pulls out a victory. Right on, right on, Paul. What are you thinking? Uh, West Virginia going in there to uh, take on their former coach there on Thursday night game at Houston. Bruh, man, you know, I've listened to so much Dana stuff. Uh, similar to Brad, I'm obsessed with Dana. <laughs> I watch almost all his press conferences. And Brad, you've heard him say this if you've watched mm-hmm. any of his pressers. And I'm not – he believes he's got – he said the best wide receiver group he's ever had. He said that more than once. And when you look at Sam Brown, wow. Matthew Golden, and Joseph Manjack, they are three studs. They, they truly are. I don't think you can say they're Stedman and Tavon and J.D. Woods. But 
they are studs. And if Donovan Smith can play like he did, like in the beginning against NC State and others when Texas Tech was rolling a little bit last year, he has a ton of potential. I, he just We haven't seen him put it all together yet for whatever reason at Texas Tech. Played well against us at times. But I just think they're going to be a top four to five offense in the Big 12, if not better. I think they're going to be a really explosive team. But defensively, it's a classic Dana, just horrible defense. They're not going to be good at all. And that's where we win. We're going to win this game with ball control, C.J. Donaldson, Jalen Anderson, that offensive line, and they're not going to get on the field very much. They may score a bit when they do, but we're going to play keep away in this. I like the Mountaineers. All right, I love it. All of us picking the win over Houston. Great breakdown, absolutely. Great stuff there, Paul. And I completely agree with you. I think West Virginia, you know, if even if it comes down to a shootout, which we know it has a tendency to do with a Dana team, I think West Virginia could outduel them. Um, next up, though, October 21st, it'll be the homecoming game for the Mountaineers, and it's against the team. Finally got over the hump against last season after not beating them for about five years, I believe, before that. And that's uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, West Virginia hoping to get another victory this time in Morgantown, beat them on the road last season. But, uh, Brad, do you think they can repeat that and uh, get another win over Oklahoma State this year? Yes, I do. I think that, you know, Neil Brown after beating Houston, like I said, I think he's going to have the team really rolling about this time of year. And I think that, you know, coming into homecoming, I think that he gets another W over Oklahoma State. And he's got some people believing. He's got some mojo. Um, Yeah, I think we can pull off another W over Oklahoma State again. Right on, right on. The one thing I will say is you can never count Mike Gundy out. I'm not expecting Oklahoma State to be one of the best teams in the conference or anything this year. I think it might be a down year for them, but they can always surprise you as well. But I'm expecting the Mountaineers to come out and win this game again, make it two in a row over Oklahoma State, get a victory on homecoming, and uh, continue what's been a successful season that I've predicted thus far. I've got them at five and two. Uh, so does Bradley. Uh, Coos, what are you thinking here against Oklahoma State? Yeah, I had this one I struggled with, man. I, I went back and forth on this one because um, Oklahoma State, they lost so many guys to the portal this year, but they brought a lot of guys in that are pretty talented. Uh, I mean, on paper, to be honest with you, West Virginia, I think, should win the game. But I, I don't think I can – I just can't pick against Mike Gundy, man. Uh, not this year. Not after – you know, he's back after a losing season. Uh, I think he'll ride the ship and get and get back on track. Uh, I just don't think that he has two mediocre seasons in a row. So I like. Unfortunately, uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State in this one, and they're and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder too because of what happened, you know, at the end of last year too. So yeah. they're going to be ready for this one. Yeah, I don't blame you. I almost did the same. Like like you said, you can never count Mike Gundy out for sure, and it'd be hard pressed to find times where he's had back to back, you know, down years. So. I definitely don't disagree with you there. Uh, Paul, what do you think? You're West Virginia taking on Oklahoma State for homecoming on October 21st. I mean, when was the last time you've seen a, an Oklahoma State team without Spencer Sanders, at quarterback, you know, um, in, in to start a season? It's been a while. And so, and so Alan Bowman steps in as a guy who has had success. Um, certainly not the prototypical quarterback they've had that's mobile. Um, as like it's like a Spencer Sanders anyway, who was just really really mobile guy. They're going to be a good defensive team, and and I don't know that 
their their defense is as good as our offensive strength is going. To, I just think our offensive line is going to win us some games this year, and I'm going to pick our offensive line against Kirkland and Goodlow and those guys up front for Oklahoma State. I, I think it, I think we bulldoze those guys and we win this game by 17 points. I completely wow. agree with you on the West Virginia offensive line, though. I think that they've got a chance to be absolutely dominant this year, and if they are, that's definitely something I could see happening. Um, love to hear that. So just to update here before we finish out here on the schedule, we're a little bit over halfway through the season now. Me, Bradley, and Paul all currently have the Mountaineers at 5-2. and two. Coos has the Mountaineers at 4-3. and three. As West Virginia takes on one of the other new teams in the conference, and that is UCF on October 28th. Heading to Orlando there in the bounce house. Tough road game there. It's been known as a tough place to play in college football. Bradley, West Virginia, making their first trip there to face UCF as a conference foe. How do you think the Mountaineers will fare against uh, Gus Malzahn's team there? Yeah, if I'm being honest, I think that this is one of the games I'm most excited for. I think that this is going to be one of the funner games on the schedule, no matter what. Uh, I think it's going to be super entertaining. I I would really love to try to find tickets down there that time because that was always my favorite game to go to at West Virginia was the Halloween game. And so Halloween down there in Orlando would probably be one of the funnest times I could ever imagine, honestly. So, like, that's really exciting. And I know Coos is trying to get tickets down there, too, for that one. So um, it just sounds too exciting to pass up. But I think that Neil Brown has his team going. He has him believing. But the Mountaineer part of me says when we all get believing, something bad happens. And I think that that's what happens. I think this game gets a little bit over our head. And I think that we lose uh, for Halloween. Unfortunately, and that would be a scary thing to happen on Halloween, but I guess that's what uh, comes with Halloween's is uh, tricks and treats, and I guess that would be a trick to go down and get into a trap game there in Orlando, right? Uh, But here's the thing I think. I think with a lot of these new teams, um, I think West Virginia has a great chance to win those games just because we've seen West Virginia coming into the conference. You know, Early on, they struggled because they didn't have the depth and that was West Virginia coming from a power five to, you know, another power five conference that was, you know, just a little bit more stronger. And these teams are coming, you know, mainly from group of five levels. So I think they may even have a harder jump than West Virginia. We'll see how it plays out. Having said that, the one team I think that may be an exception to that is UCF. I think that they're going to have the best record out of these four new big 12 schools. And although I think West Virginia has a chance to go there and win this game and it'll be a, Good contest. I'm going to have to uh, agree with you, Bradley. I think that UCF, unfortunately, beats the Mountaineers there. Coos, what about you? What are you thinking, brother? Well, the trend continues, guys. Uh, Bradley, actually, I was able to get tickets for hey, this game. Nice. Uh, yeah, the wife and I are going to go down and spend the week in Orlando or part of the week. Oh, nice. Anyway, in yeah, Orlando, and, nice. and we're going to cap it off with this game. But, uh, but yeah, I just don't trust it. You know, Neil Brown – Typically doesn't play well on the or Neil Brown's teams typically don't play well on the road. Uh, UCF is a really tough home environment, uh, one of the toughest places to play probably in the league now. Their fans are it's not a big stadium, but their fans are extremely passionate. It'll be full, they'll be loud. They said it's like an earthquake when everybody gets going in there. That place shakes. That's why they call it the bounce house. And uh, I just don't think West Virginia. I think UCF's going to be. I think John Rice Plumley is a. I, I, lo- I love the guy. I think I he's too. he's. I think he's uh, going to run all over us, unfortunately, and I just think uh, UCF pulls the game out. I think it'll be close, but I think UCF pulls it out because of the home field advantage. 
Yeah. I, I love Plumley too. And I've always been a big Gus Malzahn fan. I've always kind of followed him wherever mm-hmm. he's went. I've always liked to watch his offenses uh, play on Saturdays. But, Paul, what are you thinking? Are you going to be the uh, bit of optimism here as a, we've all got us losing to UCF? But what are you thinking here as the Mountaineers head on the road there to take on UCF in Orlando on the 28th? Yeah. Um, I honestly, if you want to beat UCF, now is the time to do it because they've got 15 four-star players incoming and they're not going to stop. They've gone to the best recruiting head coaches in America in Gus Malzahn. He plays in a fun offense that he'll snap the ball every 28 to 30 seconds and running backs love to play in this offense. Running quarterbacks love to play in this offense and wide receivers with speed love to play in that offense. They run the 4-2-5 on defense. It'll be the second week in a row we see a 4-2-5. I think our offensive line figures it out. And and I think, you know, they've got a couple good players. Uh, Javon Baker is a speedy guy, receiver. He's also the returner. Uh, One of their better players. I think he's going to be a problem for us. He's one of those short, twitchy guys that, that you're afraid of that are SEC caliber athlete. I think he's going to be a guy that gives us some issues. John Rice Plumley always scares you. He, he kind of reminds me of the Utah quarterback from a couple years ago uh, in that similar mold of quarterback that can run with it really tough, can make him throws. Uh, and they're going to run the ball and try to beat you deep, similar to the, the same kind of uh, strategy that Neil Brown and company, I, we hope, employ this year with our squad. And so who's going to be the better running quarterback in this one? Garrett Green or John Rice Plumley, Nico Markiel, John Rice Plumley. I think that decides it. The quarterback who gets off more. And, and honestly, I just, you know, I don't think they have the depth at this point in time to stand up to a Big 12 team. Hopefully we're able to show that. And I think we win this game. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad somebody came out and picked us uh, to win that one, Paul. They're that just not that good. This, I mean, they're not a typical UCF team that you've seen three or four years ago this year at all. Right. Right. And I love your point about the depth. I think that that could be, you know, especially at this point where West Virginia is playing them late in the season, that's when that's going to start to come into play. And with West Virginia being the team that we think that they will be, where they can kind of wear you down a little bit. I think that that's a great point to make here late in the season that that could uh, certainly be a factor. But having said that, uh, that'll move us into the month of November and the final four games of the season. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to remind you guys throughout Mountaineer Nation, whether you're tuned into the video side on the Country Roads webcast YouTube or on the WV Sports Now channel there found on WVSportsNow.com, and we're appreciative of them. And being a part of the Sports Now family of networks, do us a favor, like the video, hitting that thumbs up button will really help not only its performance, but future videos' performances on the channel as well. And if you're a WVU fan, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Helps us and you as it helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're tuned in on the audio side, we appreciate that as well, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Just search Country Roads Webcast. You can find us there. And if you are listening on the audio side, do us a favor. Let's make this one of the biggest uh, season prediction roundtables ever. Share it with any Mountaineer fans you may know and spread the word around about the Country Roads Webcast as well as Coos's Corner and Mountaineer Paul Talks Football. And really appreciate you guys joining us. This has been fun. But four more games to go. Let's get into them starting on November 4th with the True Blue game. 
West Virginia taking on another one of those new conference opponents. And it's BYU traveling across the country there to Morgantown to take on the Mountaineers. Bradley, how do you think WVU will fare in this matchup against BYU here as a conference foe? Yeah, I, I think that this is a win. I think that BYU coming into Morgantown, I just feel like we're a bigger, more mature team. Um, you know, I think that like what you guys were just talking about with depth, I was going to bring that up in this game, just about how, you know, we're getting later in the season. Some of these other schools aren't going to be able to hold up as well. And I think that, um, like I said, Neil Brown's going to have his team kind of believing, even though they lost at UCF. And I think that he's going to get them back on track with BYU at home. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think that uh, BYU typically, you know, this is going to be a tough opponent you know, in the conference in due time. I think uh, right now, you know, it's kind of similar to what we talked about with the depth a moment ago uh, with UCF and some of these new conference teams. It's going to take them to a minute to be, adjust to being in a conference in general as they've, you know, been an independent for a while now. So I got to agree with you. I think West Virginia is able to get a win over BYU, uh, get back on the winning track there and uh, start November off the right way. Uh, Coos, what are you thinking there on November 4th against BYU uh, back in Morgantown? Yeah, uh, I think this is a West Virginia win. I think BYU, they do return a lot of pieces from last year, but they're rebuilding on the offensive line. They lost almost their entire offensive line. They did get some guys in out of the portal, but, you know, they've not, they've not played together, right? So the offensive line has to gel. Uh, I just think West Virginia, you know, Neil Brown typically – Neil Brown teams typically play better late in the season. Uh, it's at home. It's in Morgantown. BYU's, you know, it's their, they will be later in the year after facing all these big other Big 12 teams that they're not accustomed to, you know, week in, week out. So I think West Virginia gets the best of them in Morgantown. I love it. Three for three. Paul, will you make it uh, four for four? What are you thinking here? West Virginia going to get a win over BYU? I actually have West Virginia losing this game. Ah. Uh, it's, it's funny, man. Uh, so a lot of people don't realize that Caleb Etienne from Oklahoma State transferred into BYU, one of the more impactful transfers of the offseason, in my opinion. West Virginia was deep in contact with uh, Etienne and really wanted to grab him. And then Aiden Robbins, who is one of the most impactful running back transfers in the country that nobody talks about from UNLV, is going to be somebody I think really shows out for them. Their offensive line is in rebuilding mode uh, to an extent, but they have a lot. Of, they have a system in place for offensive line there now, and have for a few years, similar to K State. They kind of just turn them out now, and I think they're going to have guys gelling and ready to go by that point in time. And I think Keaton Slovis has the odd statistical thing that he was 2-0 against West Virginia at two different places. Just a weird day and time that we live in. Um, and they're really salty bunch on defense. They've got a really consistent head coach. And so Kalani Sataki, I'm a really big fan of him. Uh, and I, I just think, you know, I, I mean, I've got two losses on the schedule now. Another loss has got to come from somewhere as well. Well, and similar to what Bradley said, there's always one that jumps up that you may not see coming. But uh, given everything you said there, it certainly seems like they may be, you know, a little bit better than I expect them to be. So it's certainly um, up for grabs there. But um, hopefully West Virginia is able to, you know, have everything right there by November. And if they do, they'll have a chance to maybe get another victory over the Sooners. We saw that finally happen. We've been waiting for that for so long since West Virginia joined the Big 12 to finally beat Oklahoma as a conference opponent. Got it done last year in Morgantown for the first time. Now would love to see us be able to win in Norman. 
but that is a you know tall task in recent history there to go to Norman and get a win. But West Virginia will attempt to do so on November 11th. Bradley, what do you think in there as West Virginia travels to Oklahoma? Yeah, I definitely think that Oklahoma is going to be taking you know a step back in the right direction this year after having two years under Brent Vendable. And, you know, I think that they're going to have a better showing than they did last year. Um, And I think at this point, Neil Brown, they're kind of like teetering on the edge of are we who we think we are. Um, Like I said, it really helps getting a win over BYU at home, but going into Oklahoma and Norman. um, Yeah, we got Oklahoma last year at home, but this is a whole different story. And I I honestly believe that we go in there and we still pull out the win, though. I think that Neil Brown's going to have the team believing. I think that this is going to be the game that really sets them off in the right kind of direction. I think that this probably also solidifies Noah Brown's job. Um, but I, I definitely think that th- there's a chance and there's a will and there's a way that Noah Brown walks in there and gets it done this year. All right. I like it. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. So, uh, But what I'll say here is I think that Oklahoma, you know, it kind of goes back to similarly uh, what we were saying about Mike Gundy and them having a down year and you can't really count Mike Gundy out. I think Oklahoma is a program that, you know, if they have a down year, you can usually expect they're going to bounce back. I think uh, Brent Venables, his system is kind of hard to learn, so maybe it took a while for that to, you know, Oklahoma's players to kind of get adjusted to that. But I think that they've added a lot of good pieces specifically to help that defense this offseason. I think it's going to be a much improved Oklahoma team from what we saw last year especially on that side of the ball. Uh, we know Brent Venables is going to pride himself on defense, so I certainly expect them to improve defensively. I think West Virginia will give it their best shot, but I just don't think they'll be able to get it done there. At Oklahoma, I'm expecting a much improved Oklahoma team that's up near the top of the Big 12 again, and I've got West Virginia falling here, unfortunately. Coos, what are you thinking here? West Virginia traveling to Oklahoma nearing the end of the season there on November 11th. Yeah, I don't I don't like West Virginia in this one either. I think in year two of Venables, they will turn this thing around. I think he's too good of a defensive coach to have a bad defense again this year. And, uh, you know, two years ago when West Virginia came really close to beating Oklahoma and Norman, uh, West Virginia played keep away basically. And uh, you're not going to be able to do that with this Brent Venables team because their defense is just going to be too good. So, uh, and and their offense, you know, with Jeff Lebby running the, running the show there, Dylan Gabriel quarterback, they're going to be really good again too. So I just, I just don't know where we, I don't know where we beat them. You know, where do, where do we beat them at? At, at what, you know, where our offense can't beat their defense. If our defense can't beat their offense, you know, so where, where does the victory come from? So I, I just, and they're going to have revenge on their mind again, you know, from last year. So I don't see us beating, unfortunately, I don't see us beating Oklahoma in what might be our last opportunity to do so for a really long time. Yeah. It's going to be tough sled. They're going to have their work cut out for them if they want to try and get one more victory over Oklahoma here, their last time facing them as a conference opponent. Paul, what do you think, though? Do you think that they'll be able to uh, get it done and get one more victory over the Sooners before they hit the road and head to the SEC? No. No, I don't. I actually think this is going to be one of the biggest losses of the season for us. They're loaded, man. They really are. I think people really look. They've got one of the best defensive tackles in the country in co. That's number one for me. I think he's a, he's a true run stopper up front. He was like a sophomore or freshman last year. He was a young player. And then you've got a trio of receivers that are really good. And don't forget about Austin Stogner, that tight end, who is extremely good tight end, maybe one of the best, two or three best in America. You've got Drake Stoops at wide receiver, Jaleel Farouk at wide receiver. They, they lost a couple guys at receiver, but those two guys are really, really stable players and would start anywhere else in the country usually. 
And I think it comes down to, is Dylan Gabriel the quarterback for them? Come when West Virginia meets up, or is he injured again? Because he is has shown to be fragile in his career. He was fragile at UCF. He's been fragile at Oklahoma. If he's not playing, they're a different team, just flat out. If he's if he plays all all of their games, he will be a Heisman contender by the season's end. That's my prediction, and I believe he'll go to New York. That's how good he is. I think people sleep on him. He's he's thrown for almost five thousand yards in a season before. You know he can really sling it. I think he's I think he's going to be special and. Um, like Koo said, I really like Jeff Levy. I think their offense is going to be good. And we know that wasn't the problem last season. It was just getting that defense right. And I think with Venables, they certainly will. And um, I'm expecting them to be really good. I think you're right, Paul. So, unfortunately, that's the way we see that one, minus Bradley. But the Mountaineers will come back home to Morgantown for one final home game and the penultimate game of the 2023 season here. And it will be November 18th, Senior Day, and it will be against one of the other new Big 12 teams. And it's a familiar foe for West Virginia and old Big East opponent, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Bradley, how do you see the Mountaineers faring against Cincinnati? Cincinnati breaking in a new coach, coming into a new conference uh, facing West Virginia on senior day. It's going to be tough for them, I think. Uh, but do you think that they have a chance to beat West Virginia, or does West Virginia go out with a win in their final home game of the season? Yeah, I think that the Mountaineers are rolling at this point after an upset win over Oklahoma. I think that they're really feeling it. They're grooving. They're moving. And I think that they're just a bigger, stronger, faster football team than Cincinnati right now. And I think that they brought another win and get three in a row. All right. And I'm uh, going to agree with you. I think West Virginia gets a win over Cincinnati. You know, final home game of the season, senior day. You're going to want to send those guys out on a high note. And I know Cincinnati's kind of been rolling in recent years, but I'm expecting them to take a step back. Like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, breaking in a new coach, coming into a new conference. Uh, we talked about the depth issue, and I think here late in the season's when that's really going to rear its head. So West Virginia getting them at this point certainly is going to be um, a favorable matchup for the Mountaineers, I believe, and I think West Virginia wins it. Coos, what about you? Uh, taking on Cincinnati on Senior Day, how do you think about West Virginia fares? Yeah, I think West Virginia wins this one. I think Cincinnati is going to be the worst team in the conference this year, to be honest with you. I mean, they lost almost everybody. They're breaking in a new coach. Uh, it's late in the season. The depth could be an issue, like you said. Um, so, I, yeah, I, just, I think West Virginia wins this one and potentially even wins it big. I love it. Three for three. Paul, what do you think here? Cincinnati on senior day, uh, West Virginia trying to close out their home slate on a high note. Can they finish with a win? Yeah. Yeah, I think they win this game. And, you know, you get to looking at the schedule and the totality. And look at West Virginia didn't play. And I think that's going to tell the story of this season more so than anything else. It's who West Virginia didn't have to play. That's going to have a big reason why this team finishes with a winning record and goes to a bowl game. It's not It's not going to be because they aren't a good football team or anything like that. But had you had to play Texas, Kansas State, I mean, how lucky can you get to miss those two teams in this season when they could be playing in the conference championship game? So extremely lucky to miss those two. Uh, among also Iowa State, who's probably going to bounce back some, even though they've got a scandal going on. So I think just pay attention to that. We get to play all four newcomers. 
I think, you know, that's not by accident. I think the league realizes West Virginia needs to be a strong brand for the league to be strong. And that's why we were one of only two teams that played all four. Only one or two in the conference that played all four newcomers. I'm not saying they threw us a bone, but they threw us a little bone, right? So <laughs> uh, Cincinnati goes down. Um, I don't even know a whole lot about their roster. I hadn't had a chance to research it. So, um, but I do know that they're rebuilding. They somehow thought Scott Satterfield was the reason or, or a guy that they wanted to hire or <laughs> whatever. I don't Whatever. get that one. I don't get I guess that because one. he beat them in a bowl game. Is only I, <laughs> I guess. I mean, he did listen. Louisville did win six in a row last year or whatever it was. Um, but he's not, I mean, he's been Neil Brown good at Louisville is what he was. He was mediocre. Right. Neil Brown good. It's going to be a phrase from now on. But, but let's be honest, though, and, and I, I do agree with that, but after Luke Fickle, anybody was going to be a downgrade just about. Yeah, true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I agree, but you just think you would – they were almost on uh, – um, they were almost kind of making a Clemson-type little role there, not quite like Clemson did. But they're a kind of, the kind of school you could see doing something like that, where they're at, where they recruit at, what state they're in. Uh, they could certainly have a lot bigger brand than they do if they win the Power 5 level. And if they just hired the right guy. Maybe Satterfield ends up being the right guy. I'm not saying I know. I mean, certainly he knows the area and all that, but uh, we'll see how it rolls. Having said that, one more game on the uh, Mountaineer schedule for the 2023 season here as we get set to wrap up the 2023 season prediction round table here on the debut of season six of the CRW podcast with episode 160. Bradley, last game of the season, West Virginia hitting the road to take on Baylor. What are you thinking here as West Virginia closes out the season? Yeah, and I think that I'm 8-3, got it absolutely rolling. Um, walking into a Baylor team that I think is going to be actually struggling a little bit this year. Um, you know, Neil Brown, like this guy has the team fully believing everybody's going to be on board. Baylor's going to be struggling, but I think that this is where the Mountaineers come in and they pull a Mountaineer and they fumble the bag. They lose an easy game. It should be a win. Uh, I think that we're going to walk into it thinking we're going to win. I think we're just going to – Lose it in a soul crashing field goal. Yeah, that would be very uh, mountaineer like for sure. And I, uh, I went back and forth on this one. Didn't know which way to pick it. I think always when you're playing someone for their senior day, you know that's a little bit of added extra motivation for them. Um, I do think you know, like Bradley said, it's going to be a little bit of a down Baylor team, I believe. But I don't know. They just have some uh, different pieces, I guess, coming in, and it's kind of hard to. Uh, Look at it, you know, so far away is this going to be the last game of the season? Who knows how many things can be different by then. But ultimately, I just got, you know, a quiet confidence in this West Virginia team, I guess you could say, this year. And I think despite it being a road game, I think West Virginia ends the season with two straight wins after beating Cincinnati. I think they go on the road and close things out with a win over Baylor. I got West Virginia uh, winning this one. Coos, what about you? Same thing, man. I think they close it out with two straight wins. This is another one. This game of the Oklahoma State game were the two hardest ones to pick for me uh, because with Baylor, there's just so many questions with them. You don't know what to expect. Uh, is it going to be the Baylor of two years ago or the Baylor of last year? Who knows? But I think I think they're going to be closer to the Baylor of last year, to be honest with you. Um, and, and like I said earlier in one of the other picks, West Virginia typically closes the season out well. Even, even seasons that they struggle, they typically close the season well. So, 
Neil Brown's, for whatever reason, is good at getting his guys motivated um, near the end of the season. Um, he gives them something to play for. In this case, it would be to uh, – uh, in my opinion, would be to, to secure a winning record because I think this is win number seven for them. And I think they do go into Waco and pull off a victory uh, and finish the season seven and five. I like it. I like it. Paul, what about you? What are you thinking here? Final game of the season for the Mountaineers on the road against well, Baylor. Well, during my research for Baylor in the offseason so far, from what I can tell, they're going to have eight starters from the portal that are now going to be starters. So they're one of those teams that could really be a turnaround and just nobody knows about them yet kind of thing. Because if you look at some of the guys they pulled out, uh, Jarrell Boykins Jr. is a really, really good player that could start anywhere in the country. Baylor nailed him at nose tackle. He's an absolute load. T.J. Franklin is back at defensive end. He's a guy I'm really high on. Keetron Jackson's a guy they were able to pull that I think is going to be that speed guy that they really like that shaping and throw it deep to. Presley Hall is back. You guys remember him? And don't forget, guys, Richard Reese is one of the more underrated running backs in America. He's a really good player. I don't know how their offensive line is going to shape up. Uh, looks like they've got possibly two or three guys from the portal that are going to start on the offensive line for them. So we'll see how that shapes up as well, at least in their first depth chart. They've got two portal guys starting on the offensive line. So I think that's going to be something that may need to jail for them. But you never, you know, it's hard to know these days with offensive line because they have previous playing experience and all that. Not really sure. But I'm a big fan of Presley Hall, big fan, big fan of Reese, big fan of CJ Franklin, awesome. A lot of the guys they have returning. And I think he's Dave Aranda. Don't sleep on him. He had one bad year. I don't think that, I think that is probably something that doesn't happen as often going forward. I, I picked West Virginia to win there too. I'm sorry, I didn't say it out loud. Now you, I, I thought that you did. I figured so, but I wasn't 100. But anyway, so that's uh, no, you're good. You're good. That's uh, three, eight, and fours, and uh, Coos at seven and five. So funny enough, just with the way this season was kind of unpredictable, I was expecting like a bit of a discrepancy between all our picks, but we're all kind of uh, right around the same range, feeling similar on a lot of these games, and. I think that that's kind of interesting and shows that maybe this West Virginia team really is going to surprise some people the way uh, we all are starting to feel like they may do so. But having said that, Coos, uh, anything you want to add here at the end? Any final thoughts? And, uh, you know, be sure to plug your channel, plug your social media, anything you want there as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Coos's Corner. Uh, I do. I am on audio only as well. I just don't put as much content up there. Um, but I do try to get up at least one episode every every week or so. If, if you prefer that. Um, and I'm on, on Twitter or X at Coos206. Uh, just my final thoughts here. You know, I know seven and five is probably not quite as optimistic as you guys, but I just – last year I drank the Kool-Aid, and uh, I'm trying not to do that again, even though I really want to. Uh, so I try to – I kind of dialed – I'm kind of dialing back my expectations uh, a little bit. But uh, seven and five still I think will be enough uh, to save Neil Brown's job, honestly. Yeah. And uh, and I think it at least gets us moving in the right direction. It would be his first seven win season, um, kind of gets us some momentum going into the, the next to the following year. And if we're able to retain guys going into twenty twenty four, I think we have a chance to get on a little bit of a roll here and 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 start building this thing back up. That's that's where I'm at. 
Absolutely. I think that this could be the turning point. And I try to not drink the Kool-Aid either, brother. But, man, I, by the time August rolls around, I can't help myself, it seems like, every year. And <laughs> here I am right there again. But, uh, Paul, appreciate you being on, too, as well. And uh, any final thoughts you got? And uh, plug your channel and social media as well, man. Yeah, uh, Mountaineer Paul Talks Football on YouTube. Uh, Hoops from the Hills on YouTube. And at, or shoot, I'm almost said at Coos206. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to saying his on the show. Uh, how, what's my Twitter handle, Coos? At Paul Mountaineer. <laughs> he knows my go. handle, and I know his. If y'all just do um, each other, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, what if I told you guys you were going to be given four former group of five teams on the schedule in Duquesne? Going into the season, before this move happened, sign me up. It's really a gift for Neil Brown, and I, and if he does what he's supposed to do, that's five victories we should have. I picked BYU because I had to pick some losses in there somewhere, right? And and honestly, I, I do believe there's a chance we lose that game, but but generally speaking, we should win the four new games via depth, via new new conference. We know what that's like. Uh, and just a lot of different things, a lot of unknowns for them coming into a power five league attrition, all the things that go into that along with Duquesne. And, and so find me a win somewhere else in the schedule at the backyard brawl. Is it one of the other tougher big 12 games? Maybe it's Baylor. And, and then you're talking, right? So you get looking like who's looking seven wins, eight wins. You start to look at the schedule and you start to see it a little bit. I think it's possible. We, you often, there's a reason we can be optimistic and a schedule has a lot to do with it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think so too. I think, you know, as much as West Virginia's gotten screwed in the past, they certainly were, you know, like you talked about earlier, Paul handed a gift this year, a little bit getting to play all four of those newcomers. I think that they've got a great chance, you know, if they can get those four wins and like you said, Duquesne, that's five right there. So um, I think the schedule certainly gives West Virginia a chance to, you know, see this come to fruition and, we won't look, you know, so much like homers at the end of the season. I think West Virginia's got a good chance to be a successful season, and hopefully we're all correct or close to correct. I'd love to see them even exceed our expectations. I would even say, you know, it's probably even more important to go three and two in the beginning of the season, no matter like yes. the hell with the end of the season, you know. You have to hit that three and two mark. That's about your leeway. September's going to be a, tell a lot about, you know, the rest of the season and the way things go. September's going to be a, a huge month for sure. If if uh, let me ask you a question for you, I, I want to hear your all. If we start one and four or two and three, either or, does Neil Brown keep his job in, in the bye week? One and four, absolutely not. I, one see, and four, I, I, I want to say no as well, but it's just like I I don't don't I just don't know if West Virginia would pull the trigger. They just I don't you know, they they've never either. done it really. You know, nope. I don't think Gordon Key's going to fire a coach in the middle of the season. Yeah, really I think don't. that I think we're I think we're riding this out throughout this season, regardless. And unless the only time I would see it happening would be late in the season, but even then, I think that it's we're riding it out this season, seeing what happens. But but if that happens, attendance at home games in the second half of the season will tank. Oh yeah, it, it would be bad, and, and the fan base will be livid. I think, yeah, you know, I think at that point in time, you got to give Chats got a shot, right, interim job. Um, I'm telling you guys, I know that he's not seasoned for a head coaching job yet, but Chad Scott, mark my words, will be a superstar, capital S, capital S, superstar coach one day somewhere. I agree. 
at the head level. Wherever he goes, I promise you, whatever he touches is going to turn into the gold. I believe in him that much. He's just so infectious as a leader, and he's got such a good personality uh, and the way he leads these kids. And he figures it out. <laughs> Man, watch out. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be so happy to see it too. I love the guy too, Paul. He's, I do too. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, his room is unreal right now. I mean, it, it is absolutely oh absurd. He's done one of the best jobs in the country. Jaheim White's what he's guys, I'm telling you, Jaheim White might might be third on the depth chart by the end of fall camp. I I think he's going to. I think he's going to leapfrog uh, Justin Johnson. Sorry, Bradley, Stop I know that's your guy, but <laughs> I, I think it's happening. <laughs> They've not talked about him at all, so I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well. I guess that will pretty much get ready to wrap us up here on the debut of season six of the CRW podcast here with what is always one of my favorite episodes, the season prediction round table and really appreciate Coos and Mountaineer Paul for joining us. Be sure to check out Mountaineer Paul talks football on YouTube and Coos's corner. If you don't already, which you should, if you're a West Virginia fan and definitely hoops from the Hills as well. The only YouTube uh, channel that is solely dedicated to West Virginia basketball and they do an excellent job covering it there so be sure to check that up as basketball season approaches here just a couple of months away but we're focused on football in the meantime and super excited that it's right around the corner and we'll be talking about more of it here on the crw podcast next up it'll be our penn state preview and predictions episode so super excited to dive in and do a deep analysis of the nittany lines and talk about that game as we get closer and closer to this 2023 season but Having said that, that will wrap us up here on this episode of the Country Roads webcast. Appreciate you guys tuning into this season prediction roundtable edition for my co-host Bradley, Coos, and Paul. Until next time, let's go. Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.